internet. This is Yes Insight Calling. I'm Ewan Spence. I'm Matthew Carr. I'm Ross Middleton. And this is Duke Box Jury. Yes, it's Jukebox Jury. Eurovision may be closed, but we still have some songs to listen to. Portugal, Austria, San Marino, Azerbaijan, Germany, but in the other order. Yes, good afternoon, good morning, good evening. Welcome once more to Jukebox Jury and welcome to the final episode, at least, of Liverpool 2023. What happens over the summer is still in the shadows. Uh, But before we get there, we've got to get through Liverpool and find out who wins this year's Eurovision Song Contest. And before we get there, we need to go through the final five songs in this year's Jukebox Jury here at ESC Insight, where we will discuss the songs, share our opinions, rate them hit, miss or maybe, and then go on and have a genteel discussion in the comments back on our website, which of course, www.escinsight.com and support us, patreon.com slash escinsight. To help me through this final episode, two returning jurors, we have brought the heavyweights on board. We have the puns, we have the writing, and we have whatever Ross Middleton delivers for us in this current package. Hello, Ross. Hello, I bring the heavyweight, quite literally, in that that case. Uh, Yes, it's it's lovely to be back and an honour to be on the last jury of the season. How's Eurovision been for you this year? Uh, it has, I will admit, been a quiet one. At this point in time, I'm kind of ready to throw myself into it and, and go full steam ahead for Liverpool. So does that mean you, like, waited, then got all 37 songs and then just went, right, let's devour? No, not quite. I definitely picked up on a few national finals. Oddly, I think the one national final I watched in its entirety was Ireland, which I sort of regret in a way. Um, but yeah, no, I picked up the one here or there, but I did definitely have to listen back and go, oh, I missed that one first time around. Oh, I've not heard that one yet. Uh, but now I have caught up and now I'm ready and raring to go. And we, of course, always have to remember that the majority of people voting do it that way. They might hear one or two beforehand on the radio, but most of them here for the first time come the semi-finals and the grand final. Bear that in mind. Okay, also joining us, Matthew Kerr. Welcome. It's the man who we hear every single episode of the podcast, or or at least yep. your fingers. My my fingers, exactly. Again, I can't take credit for the guitar playing because I'm a terrible guitarist, but that was my co-producer. But I programmed the drums and I told him, faster, 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 do it faster. Yes, indeed. Matthew getting his annual You Wrote Our Theme Tune. Thank you very much credit. There we go. Uh, Eurovision's been through a tricky couple of years with the COVID and everything, Matthew. What's the music industry been like? You know what? We're going to talk about it. We're going to talk about it because a song, spoilers, everyone, but a song in uh, this week's selection directly deals with some of the issues that us songwriters face. And I... I'm already feeling very emotional, even at the thought of talking about it. So (laughs) brace yourself, guys. It's going to be a very intense one because 0.003. I'm just going to leave it at that. I've totally missed out on the subtext of the San Marinese song in that case. (laughs) I'm just amazed that some people think it even has a text, let alone a subtext. But we are getting ahead of ourselves. We're sort of previewing this week's Jukebox Jury like it's an episode of Jerry Anderson's Thunderbirds with little teasers all the way through. But you know what? This is the tease for the running order. We finish with Portugal. Before that, we have Austria. Before that, San Marino. Before that, Azerbaijan. And before that, i.e. now, Germany. Blood and Glitter from Lord of the Lost. Blood. 
chocolate and sweet and bitter We're so happy we could die Blood and bitter, sweet and bitter We're so happy we could die Blood and glitter, saint and sinner We do fall before we rise Now go, go, let your life flow, flow With broken wings we learn to fly Getting through the German national final there, Lord of the Lost Blood and Glitter. Ross, you seem to be enjoying that one. What's not to enjoy? Blood and glitter, sweet and bitter. I'm so happy I could die. What wonderful, like, just that for me is is any rock song at Eurovision. It's just, it comes out and it's in... it feels like it's slightly out of position um, with it, with its death and gore, but then it has the glitter. I just, yeah, love this with all my heart. It, it's, it's, I don't expect it from Germany. It, you know, we've seen so many kind of radio friendly, competent, but you, you, you blink and you miss them kind of songs in the recent years. And this is, you're not going to miss this. Wherever it is in the running order on the Saturday night, Oh, I love, I love the song. I love the visuals from the national final. I just, it is everything I want from Eurovision, and I'm so glad we have it. I was trying to think through in my head of every German entry ever. You have to help me out here, guys. Have they ever sent a rock song before? Oh, uh, Jun. Uh, uh, I think the answer is if we just like close our eyes a little bit. 1956. You have to go back a fair bit on this one. Freddie Quinn and So Get Das Yed Nacht. It's arguably the first rock and roll song at the Eurovision Song Contest, all told. It's a couple of months after Bill Haley hits the European charts um, with Rock Around the Clock. And Germany did bring the first rock and roll to the song contest. But after that, after that, it's a bit of a struggle. Maybe if you've got a following breeze, you could maybe squeeze a middle-of-the-road, AOR-friendly, soft rock-on-wind. I think this is the second, Matthew. I think this is just the second. (laughs) You know what I mean. I mean a track where people are headbanging. This is really, really unexpected because I don't know about you, but I associate Germany with like Rammstein and all this, you know, this pedigree of quite heavy rock music and industrial music. And the fact that none of that has come to Eurovision, at least not since 1956, is uh, it's extraordinary. And I'm still struggling to actually believe it. But here we are. Um, They're clearly very experienced performers. It's very poppy. This is like this is to kind of heavy rock what lordy was you know it's a schlager song it's a it's a pop song um but they seem to be having a, a an absolute ball and i mean it's not my not my cup of tea but i'm glad they're there they bring a bit of bit of color and a bit of blood as well so why not i think one of the trickiest things when you're a band like lord of the lost who are coming to the song contest is you've got to thread this needle Uh, where you've got to write a song that balances out we're taking this to eurovision we're going to a general public who haven't specifically paid to come to one of our concerts, so we need to be able to appeal to them. But we also have a very, very well-established, passionate fan base. And, you know, you're trying to serve two parties here. And sometimes, I'm looking at Gromf, 
from some of the Norwegian uh, Melody Grand Prix attempts. It just fails. And I think Lord of the Lost haven't failed here. I think, yeah, they have went a touch lighter. They've went a little bit more over to the public rather than their fan base. It's sort of like a 60-40 split. But given it's the general public who are casting the votes, I think that it was right to just tamp down the edges a little bit. It's still going to touch a scream. It opens a wonderful scream. The, the instruments are over melodic. You can still hear them very clearly on the studio version. You've got a good wall of sound, but there's nothing, there's nothing threatening about this performance. This is a performance which is the campsite of this very heavy rock sound. And I think they're bringing their fans with them as well. Um, it's very interesting if you listen to their new single that came out last week, Absolute Attitude. It's a very similar sound. It's also 2 minutes 45 seconds, so it leads me to think there must have been one more than one in the writing room where they thought about it. So they've got an album that's got this slightly more commercial sound. I think they've done a good balance here, and I think that's why they got through the national final, because they brought their fans with them, but they were also accessible. Yeah, absolutely. It, it, I think that's why I personally love it. I'm, I'm not a massive uh, metalhead, but anything with that kind of pop sensibility, but with all the dressings, literally and metaphorically, of rock is entirely up my street. Hmm. I'll have to think about this one. So um, I I do feel there's just something in the entry that's a little bit untapped potential. I, For my taste, it has actually gone a little bit too poppy. I think of rock bands that have gone to Eurovision and not compromised, like Blind Channel, and they've done really, really, really well. And like RVS, like people, who, when you just grab people and, and don't compromise at all. In fact, I think Eurovision in the 2020s is about not compromising whatsoever. So that just dampens it a little bit, but they're good performers. It is catchy. It's going to be a really great show, so I'll give it a maybe. I mean, I'm a maybe on this one as well. Yeah, they have went a little bit more accessible and they have made it easier to vote for. But at the same time, that, that tamping down also tamps down a little bit on the passion. The greatest is like the, the really, you must vote for this one. Now it's, oh, that was quite nice. I might vote for that one. That just changes it slightly. And, you know, we've mentioned those bands like Blind Channel uh, previously, and they've always been sort of high mid tables. You know, it's very rare that they will jump up much higher up the table. So there's a, there's, yeah, you're just getting a maybe on this one from me, Germany. Well, Blind Channel, I think we're fifth in the end, and Arvish end up somewhere near the bottom, very sadly. So I think Lord of the Lost are going to end up somewhere between those two. Um, and I don't care where it finishes, to be honest with you. I want it to open the final. It's a hit. It is a full-blown glorious hit. There we are. One hit, two maybes. Germany opens up. This is our final episode of the regular jukebox jury season here at ESC Insight. And now we're going to move down to Azerbaijan, an internal selection, the twins of Tural, Turan X, and tell me more. Tell me more about me, you are. Tell me you love me, baby, more than I try. And I just want to know about 
Tural Turan X there with Tell Me More, an internal selection there from Azerbaijan, taking us back to the soft, dreamy world of middle-of-the-road, indie, classic, 90s, spectacular, everything you ever needed to know about love but were afraid to ask. Now that's what I call soft whatever that is. Matthew, now I've used up all the hashtags, what do you think? <laughs> I think I liked the original version of this song, which was called uh, Kiss Me by Sixpence None the Richer. Look, the fact is I was told by a friend who checked. I'm a little bit too busy for this, but a friend told me that that opening guitar pattern is not only in the same key, but also the same, exactly the same tempo. I thought you were going to tell me it was exactly the same guitar. Uh, Well, it was the same guitar. They stole it. It ended up in Azerbaijan. I don't know how. Back to Baku. I mean... So the positives are, it's really lovely. Like, it's just so charming and so sweet and so different. There's nothing like that in this year's contest at all. And I'm trying to think if there's been anything similar. Um, I immediately go back to, this is very nerdy now, uh, come with me on a journey back to 1998, the last time that the UK hosted. There was a song from Poland that sounded like... It sounded like someone else's song, but I can't remember what it was. But it's this kind of... That's where we are, though, isn't it? 1998. It's so nostalgic. And I'm really fascinated that these guys are inspired by that era. I work with quite a lot of young artists, and increasingly... They are inspired by late 90s, early noughties. Why is that? I've grown into this one. There's something tempting here. It And it, and it did bring me in incredibly quickly. And yeah, Sixpence None the Richer, Normal Furry Animals, you know, that all just sits there quite nicely. This is, this is a delicate song. It's easy to puncture. It's easy to make some nice little 90s joke about it. It's it's easy to imagine Chris Evans corrupting this very slightly to do an It's Your Letters jingle on TFI Friday. It's There's inspiration here. There's themes. You can draw them out. I mean, isn't that music as a whole? It's building on what, what was past, respecting that, and remixing it and spinning it out into the future. And that's kind of what Tell Me More has done. As someone who was a child in that era and had all the now, that's what I call... 30, 40 odds and, and, you know, would stay in and watch Robot Wars and The Simpsons on BBC Two and Top of the Pops. It, it is very much of that kind of, I think I had normal grass written down beforehand, but yeah. But this is the Eurovision Song Contest and it's in semi-final one, which is one of the strongest semi-finals we've ever seen. And it, it doesn't stand a chance. And it's really sad because it is... I think put that in semi two and it, it's got a possibility of making it through because it, it, it is actually a really quality entry. Yeah, it, it will get lost. Very sadly, it will get lost and forgotten and, and it won't make it in the semi-final. Interestingly, I think something to be applauded is that Azerbaijan have gone totally unexpected. They've gone in a totally different path than we would ever think they would. Most years, they've got a Swedish-produced track in. This is very much not that. So I applaud that. But I do think that if this actual song and this these vocals, this band came from another country like the Netherlands or Ireland, there might be something that clicks a little bit more. I actually think it might stand a chance because you go, oh, the wee little Irish twins, not those Irish twins. Um, you know, it, it, it would have a charm. But coming from Azerbaijan, the whole thing is like, 
what's going on? Why are you listening to like Britpop from the late 90s? It doesn't, there's not a story, there's not a narrative there. So I think that does kind of like quell its chances a little bit. I I hear what you're saying, Ross, about it not making up. I, I don't know, I'm so fond of it. I think I'm I'm going to give it a maybe. Yeah, I, I want to give it a maybe because I do personally enjoy it. It is so full of nostalgia and it does make me smile. Uh, but it's that thing of what are we judging this on? Is it is it our own taste? Is it this contest? Uh, maybe, maybe. I'll be generous, maybe. I think we're going to get a maybe, maybe, maybe baby across the board here because that's where I am as well. Where's it going to get points? I don't know. It's just... It, and it took... Here's the thing. It didn't take me time to settle with the song. First listen through, I'm like, I know this. I'm comfortable with this. And comfortable is one of the first things you need to vote. Then you need the hook and the reason to vote. And I don't have that. I've got the first bit. Is the second bit going to turn up on the night? Is it in the live performance? Is it not going to be there at all? It's a maybe for me because I can see enough, but not enough. I want them to tell me more. And with that pun, let's move on to song number three. <laughs> it's from San Marino, the peak jacks like an animal. Snake eyes with your hips, with your sexy look, you're paralyzed. And I get, I get butterflies in my ears and my stomach all the time. Come on, baby, come and find me. I can smell you like an animal. Bring the party, Aphrodite, and I'll chase you on a dance floor. San Marino's latest for the Eurovision Song Contest. They're peak jacks like an animal. Ross, is this meow or grrr? It's barely even a whimper. I'm so incredibly annoyed. <laughs> Only because a few years ago when we did this podcast, we've already burnt the joke of... My mother always told me, if I have nothing nice to say, then say nothing at all. And then I didn't speak for the rest of that song's critique. I can't remember what song it was, but annoyingly, we have burnt that joke. So I actually have to say something about this one. San Marino, we were rooting for you. We were all rooting for you. <laughs> the Sir Hats of this world, the Valentina Manettas, the Flowriders, the Achille Lauros. You've been doing so well. You've been such a joyous meme of a country to get behind. And we've adored it. We have, as a fandom, have loved you. What, what, what's this? What, I, I, I don't have a nice thing to say about it. it, it, it's, it it's, it's all wrong. It, 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 it's not a, a good song. It, it's not got a, a knowing wink that we have from San Marino that sometimes we'll get a good song through. In, I, I don't even think if you put robots on stage holding signs, it's going to save this one like it did in 2018. I, oh, <sighs> no. We've got the song. We've got the song. That's the three minutes in front of us. That's the three minutes that San Marino had. That's what we're judging. And, hey, I could make the joke. I haven't used it yet, Ross. I, I could just say... Say you say it best when you say nothing at all and go for a Ronan Keating line uh, from Brink in Denmark. I'll think about that. Matthew, what have you got? Well, I think your mum's advice was, was right. If you haven't got anything good to say, then say nothing at all. So you know what? I do have something to say. 
miss. <laughs> no, I, I I will elaborate. I will oh, elaborate no, please, on that. Don't, Matthew. That will be the shortest jukebox to review you've done in 12 years. Honestly, uh, brevity is the soul of wit. Um, what I do want to say is that uh, we're, we're, going to, we're going to talk a little bit in one of the entries about songwriting. And I do think, on a serious note, you have three minutes to present to the world. And like you, Ross, I do actually feel really quite disappointed and a little bit angry that this is the three minutes because I know so many talented people from across this continent that would have grabbed those three minutes and done something extraordinary with it. And we have to listen to, although I confess I've never, I've never listened to the whole three minutes. I've listened to a minute and a bit and then turned it off because I don't, it's just not worth my attention. And come the semi-final, I will probably leave the room and go and get a drink. So, yeah. Miss? I mean, if I just look at the song and look at the construction and look at the three minutes as it is presented, this is just lazy. It's insipid. I don't hear any inv- innovation or inspiration in the in the lyrics. There's nothing challenging in the melody. There's nothing inventive. You know, this is trying to be a rock song, but there isn't anything... Re- it's not rebellious or dangerous or sexy. It's tired. It is. It's a midlife crisis given human form. It's trying to recapture some weird definition of the nineties indie rock sound that didn't work in the nineties and didn't work now and is just failing. It's terrible lyrics. It's it's arguably mis. Not arguably, it is misogynistic. I'll chase you on the dance floor. Aphrodite, come to me. I have power over you. You are the point. No. Just, no. The world has moved on from everything this song seems to be trying to represent. They've missed the point. Or if they've hit the point they wanted to do, you shouldn't have been aiming at that point anyway, in my opinion. This. In the words of another Sam Marinay's entry of the past... No, it's a miss. As always, these are our opinions. We're discussing the songs. You can do that as well in the comments back on our website, ESCinsight.com. Um, everybody else has links and references, so we're going to throw them in now. Ross, where can we find out more about you and your work in this season? Uh, Path blog, um, on Twitter, on TikTok, and online. And also, Matthew Kerr. I released an EP, and it is called A Romantic Anthems. It explores one of the A's in LGBTQIA, which is that of being aromantic. And it might be of interest to Eurovision fans because the first track is a duet with Emily DeForest. So check it out wherever you stream your music. And we're going to talk about how many royalties, how much royalties I'm going to get from Spotify in the next song. I think it's about time. This is Austria, Taya and Selena. Who the hell is Edgar? Universal, you're about to be a star. 
Austria's entry to the Eurovision Song Contest this year, heading to Liverpool 2023, Taya and Selena. And now a little tiny secret about Jukebox Jury. When we get all the jurors in the room to decide who's doing what, I always ask, who would like what song? Who Are there any songs that you don't like? Conflict of Interest, for example. And there's also a little page which is, I've already decided that you are getting this song. Matthew, it was ordained <laughs> that you were always going to get this song. Carry on. I, I am so deeply grateful for that. Um, I'm going to try and keep it relatively brief because I could talk about this for five hours. And as I say, I actually feel deeply emotional talking about it. When I hear that number 0.003, which is the lyric of the bridge, that won't mean a lot to a lot of people. And I don't think it will mean a lot to most of the viewers watching on the night. I'm talking about the Saturday night because this is definitely qualifying out of the semi-final. Um, that is the royalty rate for a stream on Spotify in American cents. So that's 0, 0. 0.003 of a cent um, for every stream that is that you get on, on Spotify. Spotify is actually the worst um, paying of all the streamers. Um, and just you need to know that that 0. 0.003 is split between everybody. And most of the money goes to the um, people who own the recording not the songwriters. All of this is a very elaborate way to say, I feel very emotional that these incredibly brave artists are highlighting a fundamental problem with the modern music industry and how the profession of songwriter has become almost impossible to make a living from. And they've spoken about it very articulately and very passionately in some of the interviews that they've given. One of them, can't remember which one, is a performer and says, well, well, when I need some money, I can do gigs. But the other one is just a songwriter and you're reliant on, I don't know what. <laughs> I don't know how this profession is sustainable anymore. Now, the song itself is an absolute bop. And what I love is that it's so funny and it's so silly. It's so catchy. It's so joyful. And yet they're highlighting a very, very serious topic. I actually think it's the most important topic of our time in the creative industries. Music is the worst paid out of all the industries and songwriters are at the bottom of the food chain. So as you can hear, my voice is getting a little bit broken because I'm feeling emotional talking about it. It's really hard, guys, <laughs> being a songwriter is really, really difficult. And this song brings me so much joy and also is highlighting this really important topic. So I'm going to let someone else talk about it. And it's not just the topic of income as well. It's also the idea that the misogyny in the music industry, the fact that they can't be themselves when in the music video, they're going into the A&R. They can't represent themselves. And then it's like, who gets the credit? Well, the credit goes to a male writer. There's just mm. so many levels to this song that it's probably one of the most subversive songs we've ever had at the Eurovision Song Contest. Absolutely, 100%. And part of me is wondering who's going to pick up on that because every postcard is going to open up with, oh, she's possessed by Edgar Allan Poe. But then those people behind the microphones are also creatives and they know the struggle and they know the fractional income and the fact that that fractional income has to be shared out as well. I, I think even if they don't know it, they'll feel it. You feel that this is not a novelty song. This is not stupid. This is incredibly smart. And it's funny and it's silly and it makes you dance. Never has a banger at Eurovision been quite so complex. It's, yeah, I mean, how, how do I top that as a, as just a punter? It's absolutely glorious. It is funny. It is 
a banger. That is, that is, you know, first and foremost, if you talk about a song contest, this is a competitive entry. Tick. Done. It's got the, the dance, so it's got social media on board. It's got TikTok. Hello. That's, you know, it is ticking every box going. And at the same time, highlighting such an important message. It, we've, we've, I don't think we have seen anything like this at Eurovision, and I would struggle to see something like it again. We've seen plenty of causes being highlighted at the contest in the past, and it's normally in the most hand-fisted way possible. This is just utterly glorious. They are two incredibly charismatic performers. They, the, the, the song is is the most entertaining, as you say, funny. That's what I love. Is uh, you know, I, I used to do comedy in, in a previous life, and that's what I love about it, is that it is funny. You're going to laugh at it without laughing at it, which is so often in the past been the kind of sneering view of Eurovision. You are going to enjoy this and laugh along. I think it's also why Finland will work very well as well. <sighs> this is just wonderful. This is brilliant. And I, I couldn't be happier that... When I, I think about mid-February, said, I think on Twitter, I went, listen, I've been out of the loop. What have I missed? What's happened? And someone just replied, Poe. I went, oh, what? And there had been the leak and it had been the demo and only a bit of it and it didn't make sense. And everyone was like, what the heck is this? This is what the heck it is. And it is superb. I mean, Ross, one thing you can do here is, you said, how can you add to this? Well, you are a punter. You, you don't work in the creative industries making money of fractions of cents. So how much of this did you pick up on the first listen through? The 0. 0.003. Every, everything. I mean, we've, we've talked about the issues, the messages that are in the song. Yeah. First time through, can you remember yeah. how you felt? This is amazing. This is a banger. This is wonderful. Oh, 0. 0.003. I've heard that one before somewhere. And admittedly had to Google it and, and, and look at the context. But there was something there, and it, it by the time I thought to the end, I went, "Oh, I get what this is about." So it's there. How much it will translate on the Saturday night, I'm not a hundred percent sure. It will probably need the commentators to help it along. How much does it need to translate to the punter, to the 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 voters at home? I don't think it does. I think it's the song is just on its own. A fantastic enough song to do that and then if you have 37 juries of music professionals voting guess what they're probably going to like your cause as well so it's there it's all there i mean you've kind of hit on the question there because presentation wise how does this look on stage with a music video you can have lots of scene cuts you can have lots of visual storytelling and you've got time to set up different parts of the song with different visuals you can't really do that on stage and austria in the past has gone good and bad on its staging caesar samson good natalie kelly no can she like yes lumix and pia muria no so what do we get on stage and i think that's a really again that's a really tough question i think fan power gets this out the semi-finals i think this has got so much momentum in the community that the smaller TV audience on the on the semi-finals means that the community has a bit more power in the voting. So this is this is top ten. What does it do on Saturday night? I've got a sneaky feeling about this, and it's not just because of what I've spoken about about the the plight of songwriters. There's I've 
Uh, I've seen some performances from um, pre-parties. Their vocals have been incredibly tight, like surprisingly, because this is very hard to sing. They do the whole, they do all of that stuff perfectly in harmony, perfectly on point, with charisma, with charm. So to answer your question, Ewan, yes, the storytelling element is going to be crucial and also the choreography. But what they don't have to worry about is the vocals. That's going to be an issue for some other up-tempo female songs this year. Um, so I think this one might rise to the top. I've got a sneaking feeling about it, guys. I know we're, this, we're in a year where there seem to be two songs that are fighting it out for the top place. It's absolutely a hit. It, it's an unreserved hit for me, not just because I have a personal connection, but also because it is a spectacularly well-produced, well-written and well-performed entry. To me, the obvious comparison, I think to most people, the obvious comparison is with Constructor last year. How many people will have got the message it's about, you know, healthcare for artists in Serbia? Not particularly that many, but how many love the hook? How many love the visual presentation? How many people love the, the clapping and, and the, the dance move? You're right that we, we don't quite know how the visual presentation will look, but it absolutely has the the, the, meme, the memeable quality that Constructor has. It absolutely has the, the clap-along factor. The dance in the chorus is there. It's just that staging. That's the only piece of the puzzle that's left. But if they've got every single other thing about this package correct, then I'm not going to doubt that it's going to look incredible on the Saturday, however they choose to present it. So, yes, this is as obvious a hit as a hit can be. And it is going to be a hit for me as well. As I said before, this does have fan favourite written over it. So, you know, does it do Asara Alto Monsters, get to the semi-final and then has quite a weak result? Or, as we said there, Caesar Sampson, does it get into the final and then just goes climbing up the table with the jury vote? Maybe not as much in the public vote. There's, it, it does come down to that staging and it does come down to can they get the vision from the song to actually work in a live arena as well. And I just do not have a crystal ball to see what Austria are going to do this year. But it's a hit. It's it's a hit. It's, it's a full house with one song to go. Hit, hit, hit across the board. Austria. Um, but of course, if Roman is listening, I now have to do the traditional uh, nod towards Austria, which is, Roman, this song is not qualifying out of the semi-final because if I don't, I'll break the streak and he'll get upset. There we go. Um Three hits and I've said it's not getting at the semi-final. Oh, God, tradition is terrible sometimes. Right, uh, last one to go. Portugal, finishing off this round of Jukebox Jury, finishing off this season of Jukebox Jury. Mimi Cat, Icorasa. Mimi Cat there, I caught a sow for Portugal. It is, for me, as mad as a box of frogs, as a box full of mad frogs could ever, ever be. I love it. Everything I like about Eurovision is always, does a country choose something for itself that represents itself and doesn't just go and get something off the shelf? And Portugal just go, we're choosing a song for Portugal, and then we'll send it to Eurovision. If you like it, great. If you don't like it, that's great as well. This is great. 
I still don't know musically why it sounds so Portuguese, but we've got Matthew on the podcast for a reason, and it wasn't just Austria. Matthew, why does this one sound so Portuguese? My theory is that that is very much about the language because Portuguese has this very unique kind of, I don't speak Portuguese, but it's lots of owls. It's a very like diphthongy language. And I tell you why, because if this were to be in French, you would say, oh, it's very French. Je suis par là et je t'ai vu dans la rue. Like suddenly you're like, oh, it's the most French thing ever. Or Italian. Oh, solamente viva per la gay. I don't speak Italian either. Or Swedish. You know what I mean? So oh, I no, think come it's... on, do the Swedish one. Okay. Yossi de I was meant to speak Swedish, but that was not Swedish. There's 33 more countries in this contest. Do them all. <laughs> Just be glad we the don't go for the specially ended. extended Patreon version on this one, man. So basically, you're saying it sounds Portuguese because it's in Portuguese. Because it's talky. Um, that melody, actually, see, we're, we're going to have a bit of a debate here, which is interesting because it's nice when we don't agree. We've all been very ag- agreeing on this episode. We're going to disagree. I really dislike this, actually. Um because it's for me, it's not very musical. It's it's very very talky, which a lot of Portuguese music is. This like if you gave me that backing track and said, "Come up with the most obvious melody," it would go da 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 da. Like it's not inventive in my mind. Um, it's very theatrical, which is I think why you like it, Ewan. Um, it's incredibly performative, and the performance is good, but as a song. Would I ever, ever say, oh, I've heard a wonderful song, a wonderful composition with a a beautiful melody and a fantastic cutting edge production. I feel like this is the kind of music that you only really get into in either musical theatre or some kind of cabaret review or the Eurovision Song Contest. So it's welcome here. I'm not kind of annoyed that it's here. And it, it does feel very Portuguese because of those lyrics. But... I don't think it's actually a very good song. The strings, to me, feel very Portuguese as well. Like, having spent the, the few weeks out there during the contest, we got treated to an awful lot of fado, and although it's not fado, it, does, it, it, it definitely feels rooted within that. And I think that is why I'm going to join you and say I absolutely adore this. It is a, it's the, the build, the slows and the fast and the performative element of it. I... I want you know you're going to see dancers on the stage in Liverpool, and it's going to be a kind of smoky build-up, and it's just going to feel that kind of energy in the room with this. Ah, yeah, I, I give me a can of Superbock, put me on the Iberian Peninsula coastline, and I'm there again, and I'm so so happy. I love this Portugal that we have now at Eurovision. Ever since Salvador, the the festival de Cancer we have, and the Portugal we have at Eurovision has such a level of confidence to it. And as you as you say, you're correct. This is what we like. If you like it, good. If you don't, fine. We don't care. We voted for it. We love it. And, and sometimes that will do very well, like the Black Mamba, and sometimes it, it won't hit quite so much like Conan. But it's confident. It's a country that believes in its own convictions. It's like Finland. It's growing in in power where others are maybe kind of just starting to limp a little and maybe not put the full beans into the contest. We have this confident Portugal and I'm so happy we do. 
You're absolutely right, Ross, that something changed with Salvador, but it wasn't just Salvador that did it. It was the powers that be. It was RTP. They tore up everything, all of their preconceptions about what Festival de Cancel was. They threw it out the window and they brought in all the new wave of young hipster songwriters and artists. They won the contest on their first attempt at this new system. And they've been delivering, as you say, very, very idiosyncratic, very unique, and as you say, very confident entries ever since. I love that you've now explained the talky bit to me um, because the talk the rhythm of the talking and it's the rhythm of the song it's the lightly picked guitars it's the fact that the stop and start of the melody counterpoints the stop and start of speaking and the silence in the melody is still part of the melody and i now have a word for it it's talky lovely i've learned something today t-i-l uh on jbj here for the esc uh right then next thing i'm gonna go my name is m-e-t-t-b-l-x-c-k but there we go that is uh, another universe all together portugal is confidence i love the song i love the confidence for me this is a hit i'd love it to go top 10 again i want portugal to keep that run of results because Confidence builds confidence, builds local success, builds national, builds international success. Hit. I'm going to give it a maybe because I'm not sure it's out of the semi-finals. Um, I would like to see it in the final because it's colourful and it is very well performed. I, you also hit on a word there, Ross, which was performative. And if, if I had to have one word to describe this, it would be performative. As you say, Ewan, stop, start, crescendos, getting faster, getting slower. Like it's, it's everything all at once. It's a great, great three minutes of performance. So I'll give it a maybe, but it's not really to my taste. And I think we know where I'm going with this. It it it's a hit. Like this is getting at the semi-final at a counter. It's in I think the second one. It it's gonna stand out both on the Thursday and on the Saturday. Top ten might be a little bit of a stretch, but this Portugal, you keep doing you because I'm so happy you are, and I'm so happy with what you're bringing to the contest. Uh, yeah, a hit, a lovely, gorgeous Portuguese hit. Right then, onto the results table. Now, third place, taking the bronze, blood and glitter. So we have a glittery, shiny, bronzy, coloured orange metal. Uh, for their second place goes to Portugal, uh, but first place, sweeping the board. Austria, hit, hit, hit. And now for the seventh time, can our winner of this round of Jukebox Fury win the Eurovision Song Contest? Can Austria win? Oh boy, that's a tough one. Because for me, it needs to have everything right. And every winning song at the Song Contest has to have everything right. But I think Austria needs to be everything right and then do the mathematically impossible and deliver 110%. It could. This could be one of those surprise results. But I think a surprise result for this is the podium. I don't... I think it's just off base, just enough that it's not going to get as much public attention as we have with other songs. Podium on the jury. Podium on the jury. If you told me that we are on, what, May 15th, 14th, um, and neither Sweden nor Finland has won, another country did, and I had to guess which one, this would be within my guesses. It's just that we've got a very unusual year where I feel actually the overall field is not really going for the win, apart from those two countries I just mentioned, Sweden and Finland. And so I'm looking at all the others saying, can anything else do it? And 
could this do it? It could. <laughs> I, I would love to see it in the top five. But yeah, I, yeah, I'll leave it at that. Yes, who the hell is Edgar can win the Eurovision Song Contest. Caveat, I don't think it will. I think it's going to head for a constructor similar position of fifth. I think that would be about right. I wouldn't be surprised to see it on the podium. And as you say, with a prevailing wind behind it, with, you know, maybe Norway still enough points off of Sweden, maybe Finland not quite appealing as much as we think it might, with a jury that is going to be made up of music professionals that's going to get behind this cause, and with enough humour and with enough of a banger, which this is, yes, of course Austria can win the Eurovision Song Contest. And I would love to live in a world where that happens. So there we go. Uh, your opinions are always welcome back at the website. But of course, now we shift into high gear. Uh, and I know how reliable the train system is in the United Kingdom. So I'm going to call up the Divine Comedy and get on my National Express and head down to Liverpool. That way, it's slightly cheaper and it's slightly more reliable, if slightly slower. Uh, ESC Insight will be on the ground bringing you news every day on the podcast, interviews. Uh, we might even have some live experiences as well. Articles and discussions online. All of that to look forward to there are a whole bundle of eurovision sites out there as well really just hashtag eurovision on any social media network over the next two weeks is going to bring you a wealth of content support all your sites out there uh support your local music stars as well so we can do both of that here first we want to support the site of ross middleton yes i'd uh, please do support the site piff Path blog um i too will be providing live experiences except uh, mine will be me propping up the bar in Camp and Furnace. So if you see me in Liverpool, let's get a drink. We also want to support our local music superstar as well, the man behind our theme tune. Yes, it's great to be back. We, we have not yet mentioned you and that this is my first jukebox jury as an actual Eurovision songwriter. I got, I got a song at Eurovision. I mean, you've had some national finals before. I've had national finals, but finally, finally had a song at a Eurovision. It was at Junior. I wrote the Irish entry with some of my friends. And you know what? It did really well. And thank goodness, because imagine if I'd had a song at Eurovision, come dead last, you'd be like, so who are you to be judging other people's music? <laughs> Telling you, this isn't going to do very well. We came forth. Best result for Ireland in junior ever and um, best result for Ireland in any Eurovision in quite a long time. Um, and the the little girl, Sophie Lennon, the singer, is a superstar and I'm working with her on some new music and some very exciting things to come. Keep your eyes peeled. Who are we to judge the songs of the Eurovision Song Contest? We are individuals. We are a collective. We are a community. We all love our music. We all love different bits of music there are 37 songs heading to the eurovision song contest this year i suspect that you out there like 10 of them but everybody out there has a different combination the number of combinations of 10 out of 37 songs is in the region of 657 million options for loving the eurovision song contest every single one of them is valid we've brought ours to you you have yours to give out to the world as always we say be kind to each other to all our friends who we're going to meet in liverpool to all our friends who can't make it and to all our friends who we have still to meet the eurovision song contest is mine it's yours it's everybody's let's enjoy it together ta for now <laughs> 
This episode of Jukebox Stray was hosted by Ewan Spence with Matthew Kerr and Ross Middleton. Find out more at www.escinsight.com. Support us at patreon.com slash escinsight. And we'll see you in Liverpool.